Hi, and welcome to Night Clerk Radio. This is episode 73, Cryo Chambers, Shethogwe. This is the 2022 Cthulhu Mythos album, as is Cryo Chambers tradition, as they've done quite a few at this point. And it is our tradition now to review this album with our good friend, Caleb. How are you doing, Caleb? I have returned with the tides at the appointed time of year. <laughs> the fleshy, wet tides. Uh, as the cryo chamber harvest comes in, <laughs> the Stokes yes. arrives. I just now learned how to pronounce this album title. So that's exciting. Yeah. Uh, I think we should henceforth <laughs> refer to him as Kermit. But that's Kermit. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Shathagwe is considered the cutest of the great old ones because he, he is a big old toad. Hmm. There, there are, of course, many versions of him and... He was first invented in uh, Clark Ashton Smith's short story, The Tale of Zatambra Zemos, written in 1929. So he was also then in an H.P. Lovecraft story, The Whisperer in the Darkness, written in 1930, and published in 1931's Weird Tales, August issue. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he he is uh, one of the lesser known, even out of all the obscure entities in the great old ones, the Cthulhu Mythos, Chistagwe is kind of a... Uh, obscure deity as a big toad that sometimes destroys cities and he's a sleepy boy. He's very lazy and that pretty much people kind of use him as a blank slate for whatever else, aside from being a toad and sleepy, there's not, there's not a whole lot else uh, consistently traits. uh, Tadpoles look fucked up. That is the primary (laughs) inspiration of Sathagwa in my experience. Mm -hmm. I think the most uh, mainstream uh, depiction of Sathagwa is probably like the frog plague in um, BPRD. If I had to guess, I would say probably that's the most mainstream depiction of this one. Uh, but yeah. yeah, he is he is on the B team. He is on the backbench <laughs> of Lovecraftian mythos entities. He is not a first stringer. Yeah, they're thinking of kicking him down to minors this year. Um, yeah. yeah. So has Cryo Chamber exhausted all of the A tier, S tier old ones for these compilations? Are we down in the B tier because that's where we've hit, or because it fits the music like what they want to do musically better? I I think it might be like we're just hitting the bottom. Like I'm psyched for like Nodens or Bass okay. to come up or any of that kind of stuff. Like that would be interesting. The, you're more well. This is just an actual Mesopotamian deity, guys. Mm-hmm. Like that that might be interesting. But it doesn't seem like they're repeating because like no. let's be honest. You wanted a Cthulhu too, and you named it Dagon. Like come on, guys. We yeah. yeah like I've done that too. <laughs> I've done that in writing. Like yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I know how this is done. Yeah, he yeah, they've got the big the big names already. Those those were the first ones, Cthulhu, Azazoth, Nyarlothotep, Yelixoth and Shubnigroth, and now and Haster. Uh yeah, now we're going to Yig, Dagon, and Shatagwe. Like now, yeah, they really are creeping down. I mean I mean, I feel like at this point they're getting stuff that like is mostly used in like Cthulhu mythos themed board games and card games at this point, like Arkham Horror and those kind of games. Like, oh God, we need to fill in so many cards worth of stuff. And so, hey, Shithagwe, he's now a thing you can encounter in this game. So, as, as a guy who now has to like reinterpret Lovecraft to like keep the lights on, like, mm-hmm. I, I really am just like looking over at Cryo Chamber. With like the you know the guy in the noose meme like hey first time <laughs> like yeah. like yeah you you start running out the the crazy yeah. old racist bastard was only alive so long <laughs> he only wrote so much yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah 
Yeah, there might be copyright issues with some of the the deities and the extended mythos, you know. Uh, uh, stuff that, yeah. Like the EU. Yeah, like the Argus Duralith stuff. Because it was mm-hmm. actually August Derelith who came up with Ithaqua and uh, Chithuga, the, uh, which are respectively sort of like the wind and the fire deities. Ithaqua is associated with the Windigo, and Chithuga is just a big ball of fire. Fire vampire, that kind of stuff, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't, yeah, and I have no idea what the copyright issues would be. But like, we're going to make an album specifically themed after this you know, deity for mentioned in this story, which is still under copyright or whatever. I mean, I don't know what the issues are. So yeah. Yeah. They may be limited in certain respects. Yeah. Or maybe these are just the, from stories that the person like, uh, but I think like, you know, Chathuga and Ithaca would be interesting as albums because like it's for one thing, a different palette of sound, like for Mm -hmm. to have a fire based themed album or a wind, you know, frozen North kind of album. I think it might be apparent by us wish casting different deities <laughs> in this role, our thoughts on this album. And then also <laughs> like, uh, I think they're okay. Copyright wise, as long as no one can copyright like wet slapping sounds, because <laughs> that seems to be what they've got going for them a lot in this one. Just a lot of wet mm-hmm. slapping sounds in, in long hallways <laughs> and canyons. And then some very interesting stuff, like kind of peppered in between. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. When you guys asked me on here, I told Burke like prepared my thesis is just like I really kind of think Lovecraft is detracting from the music we could be listening to at this point. I, I worry yeah. it might be limiting the palette rather than inspiring the palette at this point. Mm-hmm. But but uh, mm-hmm. that that's where I'm at on it. Which isn't well, to say there's aren't good parts of this album, but. Yeah. Yeah. There are also parts that I've tried to listen to four times and still cannot cognitively grasp because it just slips through my brain like the silence. Yeah. So I think, you know, on that segue, we should probably just get into talking about the music. That's a sample from part one of two Sathagua's cryo chamber dedication album, I guess we'll call it. I don't know. Tribute. Yeah. And, and this, I think, highlights what Caleb was talking about is that's an example of less droney, less soundscapey ambient, more, more musical. Mm-hmm. And in general, I think we probably all agree that those parts of the albums are the best. Yeah. I think that's why right. we all liked Yig so much because it had yeah. so much proportionally more of that orchestration than the mm-hmm. wah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, these cryo chamber Lovecrafts are always long. You know, they're two hours, two one hour tracks released as a CD. They're always a big collaboration. So, this one is 20 people who mm-hmm. are just kind of currently on the cryo chamber label. You know, there's always 
Simon, you know, HM Corsair is always on there and then a bunch of other people. So all names I know, or that we've talked about in some capacity here, yeah. or even in passing, like God Body Disconnect and, and Dead Melodies at, yep. at the very least, and everybody else, I, I at least know their names. But I think, you know, the theming that Caleb was talking about and the requirement that these are now like big, long, epic, collaborative albums, I think has kind of reached its breaking point for me on this mm-hmm. one. Because out of those two hours, there's like an hour 15 of like really excellent ambient or down tempo music, like mm-hmm. all of the parts that are either live instruments or or more structured synth are are great. That's like that would be an hour, the seventy five minute, just amazing dark ambient uh, chamber album. Uh, the problem for me is that that's it's cut off by ten to twenty minutes at a time of sweeping wind and water dripping, and like I don't know, I feel like I get it. <laughs> I, I just yeah, I, I I don't have much to add. Like I don't. You know, yeah. the, sh- the show is never about being like negative. Like I never really thought of it as like a review show or like, mm-hmm. you know, you only talk about stuff you like. And I do like 80% of what's on these two tracks. I just find the other 20% really frustrating. Yeah. It makes me wonder, like, again, because they've chosen such a very narrow theme for the album and mm-hmm. they have so many collaborators that it gets maybe a little muddled because, you know, it just the limitations of collaborating with that many people. Like I have no idea how it's how the is everybody just assigned 10 minutes of the album and then they just throw it in there. Like how much is instead of like, cause like a cryo chamber does put out albums that are really excellent. Like ones, even mm-hmm. ones we haven't reviewed yet, you know, like again, artists like world clock and stuff like that are doing really innovative stuff in the field of dark comedy. But like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I, I, so I wonder if this is just, it would be better served if there were fewer artists with more control over it to, to create more unified work. I don't know. I think the artist count could work because Yig was a lot of people and still works. Uh, yeah, that's true. Fine. Um, I think it's just the theming. I think mm-hmm. Lovecraft DDs to me as an outsider seem to be 75% drippy boys. <laughs> and like when you, when you pick that for your, your musical palette, you kind of get pushed into a corner unless you really, mm. really start to reevaluate. I think it kind of worked with Dagon. I don't know if it's just like back to back. It didn't work for me. Yeah. That's the only part I feel like versed enough to speak upon is the theming part. Cause I would never presume to say like, this is badly composed ambient music. And, I, and I'm not saying that, but mm-hmm. um, I am saying like when we're getting down to like the C list roster of Lovecraftian deities to where I'm sure many of the artists on this 20 artist collaboration are having to go to the Wikipedia page for Sathahu. Like to be mm-hmm. like, who is this guy? Mm-hmm. That's very different than like what you're doing with like individual Lovecraftian creators today who are desperately trying to get out of mm-hmm. like a traditional interpretations of his work literarily. And then if you're playing it in gaming, I'm desperately trying to get out of predictability of what's going to happen there. But when you have 20 people, you're not going to be able to put together a consistent product if it, everyone is trying to innovate in every direction at once. And then no one's also going to be really kind of inspired to innovate when you have to sort of engage with this on a yearly schedule, like like clockwork. And mm. you need to know what the damn thing means anyway, because you haven't read any of those stories or heard any <laughs> of that stuff because you're you're down in the down in the weeds of the lore. So I do think that probably has sort of a materialist like 
if we're starting the project with this as the baseline, it's going to limit, you know, what you get in a response. And yeah, I think that's the other thing. Like two in a row is a lot because we've seen it go differently with like Gig and, you know, hell other albums that Cryo Chamber puts out. But mm-hmm. I don't get invited to talk about because I'm the tentacle expert. You are. You're. <laughs> but um, stay in your lane, Stoke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Heads up. Yeah. I, that's the thing I was mainly trying to figure out is because we've been doing this since Haster, right? Mm-hmm. So this yeah. is our fourth time doing this wow four years of talking about hey. lovecraft dark ambient that's uh it's wild but like Hasta, i really liked i remember mm-hmm. liking mm-hmm. yig i was blown away by dagon i i also enjoyed and for some reason this one i yeah it was just it's just a step too far i don't know if it was mood like if i listen to it in six months i'll have a completely different response well honestly Perhaps. some of the things that were new didn't like work at all at least for me like on track two like there are these mm-hmm sporadic like kind of like synthesized foghorn like mm-hmm. just bellowing out uh, randomly and it's yeah. yeah i mean for me dark ambience of music to be immersed in and to not you know just be surrounded by and then like having a big foghorn just like okay that mm-hmm. that was very disruptive and not in like a uh, interesting way i don't know it was just like what what yeah the fuck is yeah that? yeah because there were foghorns in dagon too yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I mean, the Dagon it made sense thematically. Yeah, because it's like yeah. literally foghorns because you know you're in the ocean now because it's Dagon, right? Yeah, but in this one it didn't work. I mean, like on the other hand, there were things I did like, like there was like on track one there are these like I would describe them as like laser burning kind of sounds that were mm-hmm. really interesting. I really like that. Yeah, yeah. So I I <laughs> I do want to focus mainly on talking about the bulk of the album that I did like. Just to be clear, I don't want to sit here and just repeat ourselves over and over again that that some aspects of the theming didn't work. I do want to say that even though it didn't work for me, I think it's just frustrating because even if it doesn't work, it is still like super well done. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like to to bring that many people together. Like, I think that seems like a production nightmare. I mean, I imagine by now he's got, it's a pretty well oiled machine since the ninth album at this point. So yeah, uh, it's just always the craft of the albums is always really Mm -hmm. strong. Even if, it doesn't always hit and you know, oh, sure. 100% of it doesn't hit with me. So it's not, it's just weird. Cause it's not bad. It's just like, I want, I want different, mm-hmm. I want different stuff next year. I think is what it comes down to. Do you think there's like one guy every year just turning in a meringue piece? And he's like, how am I going to work this in, man? Like this doesn't, <laughs> you, love I didn't, the you didn't read the brief. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I was saying like earlier on, like if they chose a deity that like, the thing is they're also choosing like, you know, these, these beings, are all like wet fleshy things that live in moist and dark environments. Like they don't, which makes sense. Cause you know, it's dark ambient, you know, but like uh, an Ithaca album would be real interesting because it, you know, opened up to like a more, you know, howling winds and yeah, I don't know. Um, I think, yeah, the theming needs, you know, I would be interested in like a Gahanathoa one, which is mm-hmm. basically a deity. So terrifyingly, it's a, if you look at even a, a good likeness of it, a, a statue of it, you turn to stone, but your brain remains intact. You're frozen <laughs> in the statue for eternity. Conscience. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I would have no idea what that would sound like, but I imagine. I want infinity sleepy. frequencies on that one. I don't know why. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah the repetition the yeah, I, I, of signal wave would work really well. Yeah. Is there any like yeah. broadcast based deities? 
That's the thing. There, there can be like, yeah, yeah but that, <laughs> you got to go in one direction if you're going to reinterpret it that way. You can't mm-hmm. get, you can't be stuck on like Webster's Dictionary defines Sathagwa as, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, those would be like a Wagnerian opera almost. I feel. Like. Yeah, that doesn't sound uh, ambient mm-hmm. to me yeah. in my brain. But there are parts <laughs> I like. Like I really like the electric piano at like mm-hmm. where it sounds very kind of mall softy all my. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So it yeah. felt like a food court built around a pool. Like mm-hmm. I, I said, it still sounded wet, but it sounded chlorinated. Mm-hmm. So I, I like that part. And there, there's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff that I enjoyed but like yeah that there was the the dark ambient growl and then like the parts that really threw me out of it were like i i do think parts of it sound like amazon thriller like something they threw in the background of like a shot of tales of the loop or like jack ryan looking at a bunch of maps and spreadsheets just sort of um a like sort of heartbeat uh you know peristalsis percussion thing in the background on like ambient tones mm-hmm. you know the mm-hmm. kind of things they make fun of in forgetting sarah marshall it would only go for like one or two minutes but i'm like yeah it's like the that's the montage music <laughs> it didn't mm-hmm. yeah so like yeah it was just i guess the scenes were very apparent in this one for me yeah. yeah which is one of the interesting things about the dark ambient is they always do come across to me as like cinematic or media related mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like which i guess is just a, a good thing maybe that just means they're they're effectively evocative or whatever for me, but I do always associate them pretty strongly with some visual imagery, like yeah. the the soundscape. I mean, cryo chamber in particular. I think that's yes. literally yeah, like that is definitely their their focus because there's. I mean, I've listened to other you know non cryo chamber dark ambient that is not nearly as cinematic. Mm-hmm. I do like it, yeah, especially the the the. I think one probably one of my favorite parts is the end of track one because it gets so sort of kind of chill and you know cosmic. yeah. I think we all agree on that because the mall soft part Caleb was talking yeah, about yeah, is like 45 ish minutes mm-hmm. to the end of part one. Mm-hmm. I just wrote that. I like the last 20 minutes of part part one, like from kind of 32 minutes onward. Like there's that long middle kind of soundscape you break we've been talking about. And then the last 32 mm-hmm. minutes are, are like a really nice synth build through a lot of different styles, mm-hmm. timbres, textures. There's like a little bit of stuff that feels a little carpentry. Like he, he really likes yeah, that yeah, like yeah. quarter note pulse like under stuff going on like mm-hmm. the kind of like four on the floor but not with drums with like a synth bass patch there's a lot of that in there moving through the mall soft like caleb said into mm-hmm. yeah, really nice chill synth work like that type of stuff i would love a full album of like nothing but that like whoever made oh, yeah. those parts yeah, yeah. <laughs> tell, work. tell me yeah they should they should have annotation be like look up this artist be like this. <laughs> we uh, need pop-up video but for cryo oh, chambers oh yeah. that would rule. 
<laughs> that would be awesome. Uh, I would, I, I, that would help I would me watch. listen to it. I'll be honest. Yeah. 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 It might help uh, fight the anesthetation factor. Of- <laughs> I know I said this the last episode at last time we reviewed uh, an album, but like, I would really love to see a behind the scenes documentary about the making of one of these albums. Yeah. I think we say that every year and I still stand yeah. by it every year. Yeah. I stand by it. You guys win the lottery and we'll just travel the country like invading. <laughs> yeah, we'll, just, we'll just head up to ambient. Oregon. Kick down as kick down Simon's uh, front door. Like, all right, we're making this documentary. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so th- that was pretty part one heavy. So in part two, I actually was really hopeful because part two starts off really strong for me. I think those first like three to four minutes of of drone. That's why I was curious about which part you were referring to, Ross. Mm-hmm. The first few minutes of part two are also like really excellent drone work, mm-hmm. and I I do like that sort of drone. Mm-hmm. That's thus. Less like environmentally soundscapey, but but is just like slow and plotting and has like a really, really slow harmonic progression and stuff. Just like I'm fine with that. I can yeah. listen to whole albums of that type of stuff. Yeah. And then towards the end, around like 35 minutes in, there's like I, I say choir, but it's like synth choir. It's not really like a full on uh, choir. But there's there's some really nice chill parts towards the back half of, of part two. One thing I would like to see more of is Caleb Austin notes this too, in that, you know, like 45 to 50 minutes in part two, it almost like gets like prog rocky. Mm. And this happens for a few minutes in like every Lovecraft album. I don't know who's responsible for that, that sort of guitar stuff. Yeah, it gets a little crescendo core there near the, yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. But I, I would love to have more of that too. Like that, that's another thing that I always, like but it's just kind of exists for a little bit towards the end and then it's gone yeah again like for me dark ambient is like music to be immersed in and like i was actually reading a lot a lot of cthulhu mythos kind of fiction and like delta green stuff while i was listening to this album and aside from the stuff that kind of threw me off especially in track two it you know you can easily get wrapped up into it and not even notice it but and i I, and i feel like that's what it's like as a genre dark ambient is trying to do something to affect you on the subconscious level, you know, like you're not trying, you're not paying attention to it, but it's still like, you know, it, you, you just know it's there lurking in the background. So this album didn't quite get that all the time, but when it did, like it was really good. So yeah, I just, again, I really, again, for me, it's the Foghorns. They were just really, <laughs> you really hate the Foghorns on this I, 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 I did not care for the Foghorns. They're back. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, the, the water and wind stuff is like, yeah, it's it's kind of a missed opportunity, if anything else. It's it's fine, I guess, but it didn't really. I don't, when I think toad, I think freshwater. And why do you have a fog hunter on a fresh on a freshwater? Body? I mean, like, like on track yeah. one, there are these sections of like swamp sounds that I thought were actually pretty. Yeah, good that's toady. That's toad. Up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think talking about it for me, I think actually the reason why a lot of that stuff just didn't work as, as much for me is that I did like the non soundscapey stuff so much more than some of their other albums. Like, I think if it had been two hours of like that sort of like gurgling cave mm-hmm. soundscape stuff, it would actually be less of an issue for me. Honestly, like if it had been all soundscape stuff. Yeah. I, I don't know why. Like, I just, I think that like that would have been fine. Yeah. Low, low fi spelunking sounds to chill yeah, and study to. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I think it's just that when I'm really enjoying like a, a synth or a string part and it fades out, 
or like water dripping. I'm like, no, <laughs> <laughs> bring the other one back, <laughs> please. I get it. You, this is very well made, but please, I, I think, want the other one. I mean, part of this is also, I feel like a cryo chamber makes these albums because like, I mean, for essentially SEO purposes, right? Like they mm-hmm. put these up on YouTube and, you know, people look for, and they're trying to hit all the Cthulhu mythos deities to, for people, you know, looking up those terms, those deities mm-hmm. and seeing this, it's like, Oh Wow. Soul soundtrack. So maybe this is meant to be like an entry point for dark ambient, you know, like, oh, okay, I'll listen to this. And then so like they're maybe they don't want to go too deep or complex because they're trying to bring in new listeners to the genre. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of like that idea. This is Cthulhu on boarding. Like, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, welcome yeah, to yeah. the world of dark ambient. Do you know yeah. music can be weird and about other things? Let us show mm-hmm. you. Yeah. <laughs> Because I know, yeah. like some some of their video versions of these that are up on YouTube have like millions of views. Like I think yeah. the Cthulhu one does. So yeah, I'm sure you call something Cthulhu, and you bring in you bring in a lot of people. Maybe, maybe, but even outside of like YouTube stuff, they they do seem fairly popular. Mm-hmm. If you look at like Bandcamp and Rachel Music type stuff, so I, I do think they are producing stuff people like. And like you know, which oh, I've sure. said many times well, I'm just- that. Because, like I said, like Cryo Chamber puts out a lot, like a lot of really great albums in general. Mm-hmm. But like, I feel like these collaborations specifically meant are meant as more of a. They're not trying to be as experimental as they are in some other uh, dark comedy thing. Be more like this is the kind. This is this is you know the stand. This is not. I wouldn't say standard, but like this is. Mm-hmm. You know the sound of dark ambient. This is this is um, as opposed to being you know uh, something a little less conventional in the genre. I don't know the entire theory, but like, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, be honest, uh, I feel a, a a little bad because I don't, I don't want to give the wrong impression because we have focused a lot on the uh, on the stuff that we're kind of tired of. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're also like people like we've listened to all of these intently. <laughs> like we're just yeah, we're, we're we're sort of in the minority of listeners to being like you know nitpicking very specific things. Uh, yeah, in a work that. Yeah. I've noticed that if I listen to something like a few months after we do it for the show, mm-hmm. tend to like it a lot more or like engage with it in different ways. Cause you're not, you don't just have it on yeah. semi repeat that week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I actually think that like, if this was just, if, if I know repeated exposure to this and I just came over and you had like the YouTube video on your TV as background music for hanging out, I would think nothing of it. I would think it's a very pleasant. Oh, sure. In that regard. Yeah. 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 And I think that's that that's sort of the goal a lot because again ambient more you know, yeah even yeah I just never wanted the show to be like negative on stuff so I felt kind oh, of yeah. bad this is kind of the first one that didn't really work for us okay well let's get a, same let's way. get a screenshot of all all making like, YouTube reaction <laughs> no. faces and being oh, like yeah. whoa the whoa. New cryo chamber album. <laughs> <laughs> we're not doing I'm not doing that Ross I'm not doing that <laughs> okay I I'm just gonna reiterate that I do actually think that a lot of it like. I'll say 80% of this album is actually really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even if, even if it didn't constitute 80% of this discussion, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, if you, if you liked any of the other albums, I think you should listen to it. Like I only get to um, come here once a year, so I'll be listening to the next one. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to come here <laughs> more? For more jobs. Do you want to be, do you want to show up more often? I, I what can't do you want to talk about. I mean, unless one of these, unless one of these mythos deities, uh, you know, write something you could dance to. 
Like, would it kill him to put a hi-hat on one and three? Come on. <laughs> I'm just yeah, I'm getting I, bummed out. I, I would think Nair Lothotep would have been the dance track. Like, he, he likes the party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know. yeah, missed opportunity. Yeah. Nair break core. Yeah. I mean, I could see more guest opportunities being something we want to do in, in, in 2023 in general. Mm-hmm. So if something comes up. Yeah. Like, you've done non-Lovecraft guesting, though. I mean, I probably just wormed my way like into a room where you're probably, hey, you guys podcasting? <laughs> like, that's probably happened at least <laughs> once No, we're doing this live on air now. Okay. I'm oh, looking no. because I know I'm, I am, I really thought this show is edited, other than, so I don't know if it's true or not. Well, you'll know it's true because you're here. I will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do guess like once a year and we should probably change that because we know a lot of people who... Mm-hmm. No stuff. I am probably wrong. I'm probably wrong. I might just be thinking of Dagon. It's entirely possible, okay. man. I feel like Caleb was on one of our theory episodes or something. Yeah, ah, that, yes. that's it. Yeah, that's it. yes. You were on a bonus up. Ep- you were on a Patreon bonus episode. See, so mm-hmm. that's it. Thank you, Ross. Save me a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Caleb, have you pl- you played? I know you played Dark Tide. Have you played Signalis yet? Uh yes. Oh yeah, see, we could do. We could then he could he could jump in on the Signalis and Dark Tide episode. Do you do you want to live on air? Yeah. Do you want to talk about Signalis and Dark Tide soundtracks? No, I'm busy. All right, that's cool. <laughs> well, been yeah. great. Uh, yeah. Thank you, listeners. <laughs> yes, I, I uh, Jesper Kid uh, has uh, getting me gains at the weight room on that Dark Tide soundtrack. So I would uh, I really like that shit. So yeah, well, that'd be great. Okay. <laughs> Very good. Okay. Final word. It's a good Dark Ambient album. Mm-hmm. Check it out. I want, I'm still going to see what they do next year, but I hope it's a little different. And I'll leave it yeah. at that. I think they should just choose a deity that sounds different. Like, not a wet, fleshy one. And, yeah, uh, no yeah. more drippy boys. No more drippy boys. I say make like one up. Boys. Most people won't know. You're no. going to be fine. George Santos is in Congress. You can make up an Elder God. Like, <laughs> it's just that easy. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Uh, As always, if you like our podcast, please rate and review us on your podcasting app of choice. We are at nightclerkradio.com. Our Twitter account is at nightclerkradio. I am at Ross Payton, and Burke is at Burke McBurkinson. Uh, We have a Facebook page, and we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash nightclerkradio. For $5 a month, you can get access to a bonus episode occasional essays and uh our discord we we have a really great community where we talk about music and uh theory and all kinds of fun stuff let's see caleb's a member of the discord i am 
Yeah. It is. And how can people find you, Caleb, on the internet? Uh, I have Patreons at uh, patreon.com backslash DGDC for Delta Green Dead channels and uh, backslash HGOD for Hebanon Games Open Design. So check me out either place. And you have like a big link tree type thing that we can. Yes. Uh, yeah. I can give you that for the show. With you. Yeah. yeah. Kale mm-hmm. writes a lot about the Cthulhu mythos uh, yeah. in mm-hmm. some capacity or another. So yeah. Uh, yeah. It's so actually but- not a joke when, when we're, we're here with y'all because y'all do write like for Lovecraft games, like design <laughs> yeah, RPGs yeah. and stuff. So yep. what are we doing next episode, Ross? Next episode is on Null Object, which Burke knows a lot more than I do about. Which is nothing almost, except for that it's the same person who does groceries, who is... That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, his okay. like lo-fi project. Yeah. So that will be very interesting to check out. And uh, if you're a patron or a listener, just thanks for listening. If you're out there in a swamp, just watch out for Shathagwe. He does eat people, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I mean, most of those deities do. Uh, but yeah. Beware of wet, drippy